Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Desk. And today we're going to be talking about hiring locals in Colombia and really understanding the labor laws and cultural nuances. you know, wearing our main shirts. Medellin shirts. I ordered these a while ago. So I wonder if it's acceptable to say main because it's kind of like Southerners, how they just throw five words together and make it a yeah. word. I wonder if that's kind of like the slangy, lazy, I don't know. I don't know. They, I think the locals there pronounce it Medellin. Yeah. So, but some people say Medellin. Yeah. I I probably will still be saying that because that's how I was taught originally, yeah. how it was pronounced. Um, so the Medellin, Medellin is new to me. Medellin. So I have to unlearn Medellin. in order to Medellin. relearn or I just yeah. go with what I know. So you're not wearing one of your courageous voice shirts today. Today you're wearing... Medellin. 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 <laughs> but, um, you know, that's because you got us matching shirts. I did. Right? But How sappy is that? You know, I would not go to Disney and wear matching shirts, but I will wear matching Colombian shirts. <laughs> I'm cool with it. Right, right on. Um, but speaking of a courageous voice, which is normally who you're repping. Yeah. You're actually going to be representing them this Friday mm-hmm. because you not only were nominated, but you also won uh, an award. Yes. The award is called, you remember? The LaFontaine Community Hero Award. So LaFontaine is a local dealership here. When I say local, they're like the number one, two, or three. Like they're the largest, one of the largest in Michigan. Um, They put their money where their mouth is. They are very much community-driven organization. Best customer service you will ever receive. Yeah. Trying to purchase a car. I've never experienced anything like it. Well-rounded. And our our good friend, Audrey, over there, she... um, she she represents them well. Yes. And, and is definitely um, a, a representation of what they embody. Amazing. Every time you go there. But you are winning this award um, for Outstanding Community uh, Hero? Not, no. Community yes. Hero Community Award, hero. yes. You're, right. you're the hero. The community. I'm the hero. ACV is the a Courageous Voice is the Which hero. Which is huge. So big applause for yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. Um, but what that means is you, you know, there'll be a press around it, but the most important thing is as you come up to this fundraiser in April, yeah, right, you're going to be um, having pictures taken, video done, press release going out. Um, we're going to this big gala event, black and white gala event. Friday. And all of that means a courageous voice is going to have exposure that it otherwise wouldn't have. Sure. So what does that, what does that mean to you? Oh, it means a lot because I've worked my ass off for years. I have a great board that's put in some time and effort as well. A lot of volunteers. So, you know, as we continue to teach children in schools and other youth serving organizations, how to stay safe, both off and online, it's really important here in the States. We have a a really huge issue around this. Uh, Michigan ranks, around number 10 in human trafficking and children go for quite a bit of money. It's not just happening in third world countries. So we want to be able to show up and and represent for children to have a voice, to know who they can go to things like that. So this is really, really important. Um, It's, you know, goes deep within my soul of, you know, my own trauma and knowing that I have a voice now too. So it's pretty important. Where my brain always goes is 
if you were to be able to educate 50% of the population on what right looks like, yeah, we would probably be able, 51%, you'd probably be able to eliminate that as a behavior yes. because the majority of the people are going to say, this is right. They will begin calling people out who are not doing it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a know, wish. It, well, it's a wish, but that's where my brain goes on the logical side of what do we do? And what that goes down to is what you're actually doing, which is educating the youth. If you can instill these values and um, understandings of, you know, Empowering, empowering children to know how to have a voice, know what the signs are, you know, know who to talk to, when to make a move, like get in, get out of there if, you know, if you're ever uncomfortable. And this is, like I said, both off and online. I was listening to to you, uh, one of your things, you're prepping for uh, an event and you're watching a video and it was talking about uh, safe adults and scenarios of Mm -hmm. what a teacher saying, but what if I'm out sick, who's your safe adult? Just being, just kids being aware of what that means and then what to do. Yeah. It's, it's the equivalent of what we used to do, which was hide in the bathroom for a tornado that never happened. (laughs) But we, right. Stop, drop and roll. Stop, drop and roll. Ingrained in us. Why can't you have those same practices about. In schools. Child sex abuse and what to do. Prevention education is really key. Um, But yeah, so we're going to be uh, headed to the um, black and white ball through one of our local chambers, the Lakes Area Chamber of Commerce. So we're super pumped about that. I also wanted, uh, you and I met with Andrew Messina and uh, A.K. Joel. And they are exactly as they are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, like they are, they are exactly who they are, which was refreshing. There was no like fakeness yeah. of like, this is what we do on camera presenting. They're like, super transparent, transparent, authentic, genuine, and honestly, um, emulating what it is we believe in, which is for the greater good. Yeah. They're so there for the people that they are, yeah. and they want to make sure that the people that are moving to Medellin are people that want to give back to the community, not just going down there to be takers, which you and I've talked about before. Right. Part of their process is vetting the people. They do vet. Right. Uh, so there's a whole questionnaire that we had to fill out and it was such a great conversation. So we will be, we, we started with their essentials masterclass first, and then we'll be going ahead and purchasing uh, the second tier around uh, for their next masterclass. And then eventually there is the elite package that you can buy, which I think is like $5,000, but they literally do everything for you. Um, Renting your apartment for you. And and granted you go find the apartment, right? Like you go online and you, but they navigate navigate everything. They can speak the language, so forth and so on. So it was so cool after watching these guys for six months that we were able to meet them and connect and say, okay, how can we help you? How can you help us? And, and kind of go from there. So we're super excited. Explain our situation, which was relatively unique to them and them saying, oh yeah, no, that, that works. Right. Because our situation is we have a, um, a citizen, we have, uh, you non-citizen, we you. Have, we have um, a, a trip planned for eight yes. days. We have an expectation that if, if everything goes really well there, which we expect it to, that as soon as November, right? And so we explained our unique situation. They took in the info and they said, yeah, doable. Here's our totally. suggestion. Here's the roadmap of what we think is going to work best for you. So, and now we have a guide. And Sabaneta. So we'll be staying in Sabaneta, checking out Sabaneta, but we're also going to go into Embigado and we're going to check that out as well, because that is supposed to be a spectacular place to, to live. But then there's Medellin, right? There's different parts in Medellin where it could be potential for us as well. So that's kind of what's been going on. We get to get all dressed up on Friday. Sadie, uh, quick update. She's doing great. She has her second uh, and third last set of injections 
They're within 24 hours apart in February, just about five days before we leave to come to Columbia. So I'm a little stressed out about that. Um, it was a very painful process for her this last time. She so. did great. The hardest part is once we got her back, she was unable to get comfortable. So she was constantly moving around, but she also just wanted to relax. And she just down. wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was tough, but that went away after about 24 hours. So, you know, she obviously slept through the night, probably a little uncomfortable, but she was, you know, back to herself within, within really? 48 hours. I felt like it was more like a week, but maybe that's just me that's being just the you. mama. Yeah. Yeah. Noticing the little, um, little also, parts. yeah, with work. So with our jobs, we're, you know, we're, we're grinding. Um, we've said it before and those who haven't seen our previous videos are, we do advanced SEO work. Yes. So we, you know, help people search for something online on Google. We help them become that, you know, top, um, listing yeah. that top, top results. So what if you have a website, Chad, just because you have a website doesn't mean you're going to be found by people unless they actually have your your website information. That's literally it. You can have a beautiful website that is just killer and ready to convert. But if Google can't find you. Why have it? Humans You're just paying you. money for, for whatever, you know, for what? Right. So there are, there's some, and chances are, if you have a website, you also have competition. And if they're doing even just 1% right. more SEO than you are, um, and there's a list of hundreds of factors, um, they're going to show up. You're not going to show up. And we actually figured that out with one of our businesses that was kind of backburnered. So our photo booth business has always been referral, word of mouth. We never invested a penny into marketing, with one exception. We would do vendor shows. Yes. Um, aside from that, we didn't invest any money into marketing. And those are expensive. We jumped in. We considered ourselves one of, you know, three, maybe five that were operating at our mm -hmm. level within the um, – within our area. Yeah. Reality is there's over 200 of them and they're still getting business instead of us because they're showing up on Google instead of us. So we started putting over, over the last six weeks, putting some effort into um, our SEO for our photo booth company. And we're currently ranking number seven in five local cities and top 10 across 20 local cities. Crazy. So we're working our way up to becoming the obvious choice, but I'm already receiving phone calls. We're getting leads through our website. And the whole point is, if you put that SEO work yeah. into your website, mm -hmm. it can be a crappy website, but if it's showing up online <laughs> True. And, it's, and it's the right answer or solution for what people are asking, yeah. you're going to get, you're going to sell, right? Right. It's good to have a beautiful website also, um, but you got to get found. You have to be found. Yeah, absolutely. So our placement's up. We're already seeing the results within less than two months. Um, so we've applied that to all of our business websites. Yeah, And with Ever Studios as well. Yep. And we're getting leads there. We're posting on social media. Um, I created an automation process that want, that will help us post automatically. So it's about a five minute run that normally humanly would take us two to three hours. So we reduce that workload from two to three hours into five minutes. You're so brilliant. Yeah. I mean, streamline, right? You yeah. say it all the time, work smarter, not harder. Absolutely. Um, I'd rather spend the extra hour figuring out the automation to where we can get that time back. Yeah. Uh, and invest that time early on so that later on we don't have to deal with it. Yeah. So when we move to Colombia, that we actually have the time that we want to explore. Right. And I mean, this is where you were born. And also, That's you know, where you're if, from. I, if I get all that time back, now I can take on that 11th client rather than be yeah. stuck at 10. 
or take on that 50th client instead of being stuck at 45. Sure. Right. So that also increases our revenue as well as our time, yeah. all the, all the assets. So that's a little bit of catch up. We haven't done this in a minute just to let people know where we're at. We still have not received Chad Sedula. <laughs> we're still waiting. You know, I actually haven't scanned the barcode <gasps> since the end of December. So I'm going to scan that and check and see if, um, yeah, let me know. Cause then we have to make a trip to Chicago. Yep. Chicago. Cool. All right. All right. Well, I'm let's dive in. Um, but we're going to be talking about locals, labor, um, the various things that you can hire people for, yeah. what it looks like as far as like here in the States, we have 1099 contractors, we have employees, and there's differences. And working with massage therapists, when I coach them, that's one of the things that we really have to dive deep into because it's not taught that business side. It's, it's not, not taught in massage school. Yeah. Nor should it be. But that makes them dependent on learning from somebody else. Mm -hmm. So um, we have to go over what is, what are the expectations that you want out of this person and then make sure they fit either under the employee or the contractor um, lineup. Yeah. And this is by no means advice. It's just kind of an overview of the research that I did. So just want to preface this by saying, do your own research as well and talk to people or when you do your research, make sure that the websites that you're looking at are um, are good, good websites. Right. That it's not just somebody putting some a blog out there or whatever. Right. Yes. No. For sure. That's that's actually really good advice for the. Don't take this as advice. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we, realistically, we're gonna we're gonna kind of base this off of the thing. Are what we want to do. Um, mm -hmm. So with our research, these things that we're going to talk about, it's going to help us understand what fits best for us. Right. Um, but also there is, <laughs> there's always that fear of doing things wrong and then the repercussions and when a government is the repercussion, you want to make sure you're doing it right. Right. I mean, do right no matter what, but if it was, you know, you lose 10 bucks because you invested improperly. Okay. That is what it is. You learn from it. Right. But when the government's. Um, saying you didn't, you know, pay this person properly or you owe taxes to this person or they're suing you because you were supposed to have been paying for this, but right. you weren't. That's a big deal. And Colombian citizens, um, the residents there, they are very protected by Colombian law when it comes to um, being an employee. Yeah. What, so which we, is good. I mean, yeah. it's, what we don't want to see is countries that don't have that infrastructure of protection. That's the government's job is to protect absolutely to serve the the common good. So let's talk a little bit about minimum wages and uh, a little bit about labor laws. Yeah. So it changed January 1st of 2024. The minimum wage in Colombia changed. Um, it is now about 1,300,000 Colombian pesos, which equates to about $333 a month. That is the current minimum wage in Columbia, um, which is also, I want to say it's like $3 and something, $3 and something an hour. But, and in Medellin, they're actually getting paid about $5 and 30 cents an hour, just because that's tourism is up there. And so they're, they're going to make a little more money. Um, so. And to put that into, um, you know, perspective, What's our minimum wage here in the U.S.? We're at what, ten something, twelve something? Are we? I, have I don't no know. Idea. Let me start. So, <laughs> I don't want to that. so as, as I'm as I'm talking through this, if we 
consider what the minimum wage in the U.S. is. Oh, it's vastly different. Um, it's currently at seven twenty-five. It's eight. Should be over eight, I thought. Federal minimum wage is seven twenty-five. So wow. states can still um, up that as well. And then there's a difference as a server, right? Because you're you're making tips. But when we think about and we've talked about this in the past, but for those who haven't jumped into this completely, yeah. when we look at our cost of living, if we were to be 100% full-time in Colombia versus our cost of living in the United States, it's less than a quarter closer to a fifth, where the minimum wage being half is actually a good sign. Mm-hmm. Because if the minimum wage is, if you the minimum what you're making is around 520 um, the minimum wage was, would you say 330, 330, 335? Something, Something like, like that. that. Yeah. So we're about half, we'll say, than the US. And yet the cost to live there being a fifth, Colombia actually is a more affordable yeah. place then. Mm-hmm. Right. Definitely. And, and actually by almost a substantial amount, because for for the wages to be half, but the cost to be a quarter, you're you're netting positive on mm-hmm your dollar per hour, if you will, after your expenses. Right. So U.S. is still more expensive. It is. Plus, we pay health care on top of here in the States. Right. Uh, they do pay it there. They have universal health care. So if you fall below a certain amount, uh, you know, for income, you don't have to pay kind of like Medicaid here. Mm-hmm. However, um, everybody has to pay into it unless you do fall below, below that line. And so... But it's it's minimal. It's not a lot of money that you have to to put into. Plus, that. you have the supplemental option so that you essentially get priority, right? Um, if you insurance. get private, if you want private insurance, you as a Colombian citizen, you automatically get EPS, which I, we talked about that in yep. a previous podcast. Uh, so you have it. You just have to register for it, mm-hmm. and you would need to pay a certain percentage if you made Colombian wages, right? Which is something we are going to investigate. Uh, further about do we stay 100% U.S. based clients? Do we do a blend? Um, and that's all going to be part of the conversation. Yeah. We're going to mock up scenarios and figure out what makes the most sense mm-hmm. for us, not just to hold as much money, but make sure we're contributing to where we Absolutely. live. Right? We have to be giving back to our communities yeah, um, one way or another. And sometimes that's directly to the government to support programs mm-hmm. that support the country. And sometimes that's donating directly to charities and sometimes that's employing people right in Colombia paying our taxes if we fall underneath that the majority of people uh, in Colombia do not pay taxes you've got a very corrupt government who knows where a lot of that money is going they need road repairs and different things like that I can tell you that I want to say back in 2017 a brand new tunnel was built from the airport going into Medellin. And what that did was it took a 45 minute ride and it cut it down to 20 minutes. Oh, that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. So we're going to go through that uh, and trap when we travel there. Um, and the other thing we wanted to talk about outside of wages is like the working hours and overtime. What is that like there? Public holidays and paid leaves. So we're going to kind of go over a lot of that. Um, it is a 47 hour work week there. So the average employee, well, every employee has an eight hour work day and they are allowed up to two hours overtime of, you know, of overtime pay, no more than that. Right. So no more than a 10 hour day. I mean, what, what do we work here? Well, so here's the interesting thing. So the average 
Um, blue collar workers, what we're going to put just to com- mm-hmm. just for a fair comparison, uh, in the U.S. is 41 hours per week. And there's a reason for that. With the U.S. being unionized, there's restrictions of what you're allowed to do as a regular workday. And right. then there's overtime and qualifications and things like that. So when you compare standard to standard, um, technically the average blue collar worker in the U.S. works less time, but that's not accounting for the overtime. So, 40, so there's no cap on overtime, is there? Uh, that depends on the company. But, exactly. But as at a, at a government side, correct, there's not going to be a yeah. cap as long as you're reporting all of your earnings. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so 41 hours is going to be the average work. Um, and that's 80% that are paid hourly. And then you're going to have 15% that are salaried and then a handful that just don't say there's always that what they may. <laughs> yeah. Um, so technically if you just look at it on paper, the yeah. U S is less. However, when people are given the option for overtime, a lot of people just jump on it. Um, you know, you can be talking about your EMS workers, your nurses, your just about everybody, right? Right. Um, given that opportunity to me, I have a couple of friends who are given the opportunity uh, in their field to work overtime. And one of them, um, he will work seven days a week because he just wants to bank it. And and so that when he wants to go out and spend and do the things, right. like go to Vegas or whatever he chooses to do. That's Logan. He works seven days a week. Right. And he he collects overtime too. If they if they say, Hey, we need you on Saturday and he can get some overtime on there. He's on it. He does it for sure. Grinders. So I don't think that's accurate at the 41. I think it's probably significantly more probably into the fifties, if not the sixties. But I like how the Colombian government says no more than, you know, so people are expected to have that work-life balance. It it seems like, which is better for our health all the way around. So the other one is public holidays and paid leaves, babe. 18 paid holidays there. 18 public holidays. Are all of them paid? Mm-hmm. Regardless of, because I can tell you, it, all. Being, being in the retail side in the U.S., there were times where you were expected to work on the holiday. Oh, know, Christmas Day. You know, a few of those Potentially, holidays, but right? New Year's for sure you guys were. so you were paid, but you had to be there. Yeah. Where um, paid and not having to show up because it fell on a day is a whole different animal. Yeah. No, they so, shut it down. Yeah. And as they should, I think that's the case. If, if as long as the, as long as the population knows that's what's happening, then you can plan for it. Right. It sucks to go to a, a restaurant and find out they're closed, but at the same time, you're kind of like good for them. Good yeah. for them for not working on Christmas day. I just uh, saw a video earlier this, to work on right. It. Yeah. Earlier this week that said that um, they are realizing, local Colombians are realizing that if they open their stores, you know, now because there's so much, uh, you know, there's expats and local tourism going on there that they'll make money (laughs) if they want to open. And that's kind of sad because, you know, culturally you want to, I don't know, I feel like we've played a part in going down there and saying, hey, you can make more money. But when you recognize that you know, 40% of the population in Colombia is still very low income or poor. Um, you know, it's a way for them to make more money. Right. It's a better lifestyle for and them. Frankly, so I get it. Frankly, a lot of them could probably use the extra hours to just, for sure. just like here. I mean, we, we've, we don't really talk too much about our past. We're pretty private people, but we've both been in situations where there wasn't money coming in. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a roof. We had to figure it out. We've been there we've been both there on our own journeys um so we, we get struggle we get um 
prioritizing. We get having to do it in order to get paid so that we can Mm -hmm. put gas in the tank or put food on the table. For sure. We've been there. I get that. You know, it's not just talking from an outsider point of view. We've lived it. We've lived it. So 18 public holidays. um, You've got some other items listed here. Five compassionate leave. What do you think compassionate leave means? This is what it's labeled as in Colombia. Compassionate leave? No idea. So if, if a loved one passed away. Okay. So like a bereavement period. A bereavement period. Yeah. So their wording around that is compassionate. And uh, sick leave. What's sick leave to you? So in the U.S., sick leave is I have a cold. I came down with something. It's knocked me out for three or four days. Um, I voluntarily have a bank of sick leave or sick sick days. Um, that I can use, so I can still get paid even if I'm not there. If an employer offers that, a lot right. of them don't. So sick leave in Colombia is more around our short-term or long-term disability. So they get 180 days of sick leave. It has to be documented by an authority figure um, to be able to receive this, which would be by your doctor probably. Um, and there's probably another slew of things that have to be documented there. There's a lot of red tape in Colombia that you have to to go through. And it also takes quite a bit of time usually as we have found out, but that's the difference. So sick leave there, I didn't see anything around short-term or long-term disability that they have that available, but I also only got into, oh, a smidgen of (laughs) all the stuff that they have. There was no way we could have covered everything that they have, nor did I want to, because I'm not a specialist in this. Right. Yeah. So, so um, up to six months of, um, they're classifying as sick leave, but it could be, it's more like a short term disability is what we have here. Yeah. Did you happen to see if it was full pay or if it was a partial pay? Cause sometimes you can get like 80% of your salary or 50% of your salary. It's not always a hundred percent. Right. Uh, let's just say that if this illness or something happened while you were working, the employer is responsible for paying a hundred percent of those wages If it's not, then I think they go through two different layers. And if I remember correctly, the last layer was being that they got 50% of their pay towards the end. Look into that. Find somebody that understands Colombian law, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Payroll, the taxes, the benefits, so that you're doing that the right way. Um, But I don't remember specifically, but it was a two, like a two-layered thing if it was outside of something that happened at work. One of the things that I'm working on in general, as we learn more is um, to stop comparing to the U S because they're just different. It's just two totally different worlds, different circumstances. So therefore it has to have a different approach. Mm -hmm. And so if we were to compare that, that would be like your unemployment insurance that everybody pays into if you're um, off, and then workers comp, if you're injured on the job. Yeah. But they're going to be, there are going to be different programs with different names and different purposes. Right. Just like we have sick leave. That's not what we call it, but there is a, a place, yeah. place that that would be. Which used. is another reason to make sure that you are getting the appropriate help, the specialist, some, somebody there down there that specializes in this because our meaning making around certain words is very right. different from, yes. from theirs. So, <laughs> excuse me. So next we're going to talk about payroll taxes and employee benefits. Um, I'm going to define these, and this is Colombian term- terminology, okay. right? This is, and it's very similar to ours. An employee is someone who may be expected to work from a specific location, is required to work specific business hours, and is directed or managed by you, someone in your company. Okay, that's 
pretty it's like straightforward. It's like a direct, yeah, it's, it is. It's, here's one thing that I like already. I like that it's short, sweet, to the point. Mm-hmm. In America, we're a very litigious uh, country. Oh, and so to long. define this would probably have 17 pages just to right. say you're in a, you work for somebody. Yes. So if we wanted a personal assistant, they would be required to work specific hours, specific days, report to us. So that would be an employee. Potentially. Potentially. And I have a scenario where that might not <laughs> Okay. Um, so, do I tell you now or before you? Get- well, I'm going to read the employee obligations right, around this. Write down because I don't want to remember stuff. So, if you hire an employee, you your company will be required to pay all standard Social Security and tax obligations, including severance assistance. We don't have that here in the states. Interest interest on severance assistance, bonuses. Did you know that you're required to pay your employees in Colombia a Christmas bonus every year? That's good. Required, absolutely. So uh, my opinion, though, on bonuses is they need to be earned. Mm, well, that's the mentality here. Yeah, in the states, I don't feel. Very different. I, but I'm not a give something for nothing. So if even if it's maintained, so I've been in sales a long time, and there's always a expectation of 100, percent but there's a reality. Right, a great salesperson might hit 90 percent of their goal. Right, and so you're constantly coaching to get them to be better. But even with that. You can, you know, that it's not going to be a hundred percent. So if somebody were to get to that, yeah. you know what your fair expectation is, even though they're doing the job, they're fulfilling what they're supposed to, that's still above and beyond the general expectation mm-hmm. or the general average. Right. So to me, that's definitely a bonus. I also believe that there's, you can put bonus structures in that people can work towards as motivation, a Christmas bonus for everybody. I think because they're so religious that that's a Correct. nice thing to support the community, the beliefs. Yes. Um, it's well, always, it's a big deal. Christmas always, is a big deal. It's always tough to think mandatory or obligate it. But again, that's our terminology. That's, and it's our culture here in the state. So there it is mandatory that you pay. Um, and then for a contractor, a contractor is someone who may provide services to you or your company on a per project basis, has no set hours, is not required to provide services from a specific location, may provide services utilizing their own equipment, tools, etc., is not being directed, managed by you or someone in your company in connection with the provision of their services. So an insurance agent, because it it specifically says it's not required to provide services from a certain location. If you have an office, you cannot require them to come into the office if you're going to hire them as a contractor. Right. As opposed to an employee where you say, this is your desk, you're expected to be here eight hours a day, that would be employee. Mm -hmm. And I like that definition because in the U.S., your differences between employee and contractor, it's not gray, but it can be confusing which one you should classify as. Like massage therapist, I'll go back to that reference. If I own a space and I hire you as a 1099 contractor, I can say, you have to perform the duties in this space. Right. But I can't tell you what to wear. I can't tell you um, when to show up. Mm. In between your times, I can't make you do other stuff like clean the bathrooms, maintain the office, restock. Exactly. Those are things I can't do. You are your own business, your own entity operating within the confines of what we have. And that's important to know. If it's a contractor, it's we're hiring their company, their business, them, if they're just solo. Right. But it's their their company to do a job for us. Right. And if we keep that in mind, because I, I've seen a lot of um, employers create contract contractors like they're an employer, telling All them the what time. they have to wear. Way too often. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Me. Yep. And, so, and, and they get away with it and it's huge in the massage industry because there's just so little regulation when it comes to that field. Cause it's this weird right. in between of medical and non-medical. It's this really strange in between her in the United States. Yeah. So. And, and so their a contractor's obligations is the same as here. They're obligated to pay their own social security and tax obligations while you and your company are only obligated to pay their service fee less any applicable withholdings. So I told you I was going to come back to the scenario yeah. where I say um, operates like it. So if you were to hire, we'll, we'll call it a, a housekeeper or a translator or a personal assistant, we use those three because those are probably going to be the most common that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. come across. If you hire somebody from a service, so not directly, you are actually hiring the company mm-hmm. to provide the service. That company is the one that's responsible for that individual's Correct. items, not us. So if we hire, um, you know, Jenna directly and we expect Jenna to work with alongside us and travel with us and, and translate and help us with, uh, that's whatever. a direct employee. That's a direct employee of us. Yes. But if Jenna is hired by ABC company and we hire ABC company to provide Jenna to us contract, well, yeah, exactly. But not even a contract. That's just purchasing a service mm-hmm. from that company and they pay Jenna either contract or employee. Yes. Right. So we don't have at that point, the obligations for that, that are required of an email. Of Say we were going to remodel an apartment there Yep. and we would hire a contractor. That's where that came. That's where that name comes from. Right. And so we were going to hire somebody to put in the floor, hand put in our floor, hand make our furniture, which they do a lot of that there. Uh, things that those are specific project based right. contract employed. Uh, um, yeah. So we understand <laughs> employee contractor, but you can, yeah. and it's not, it's not to get away with it's, if you're going to hire somebody for work, but you need them, um, you know, maybe you need them for your first f- four months that you're going to be mm-hmm. there, but not forever. Right. It may not be right to establish an employee relationship if you're going to be moving back to the U.S. for the remaining eight months. Yeah. Right. So it may be worth the additional 10, 15% to hire through a service or mm-hmm. a company that provides the staff. Um to where you don't have a the obligations because if you hire somebody full time, I'm sure there's right. I'm sure there's some requirements about laying people off and rehiring them and laying them off and rehiring them on a part time basis or like a part time per year basis. They do. They have uh, yes. There's a whole section on that. And it doesn't mean you can't find you know uh, a Jenna who's like, oh, you're gonna be here for four months. Cool, I got you. Right, but just know that that's part of it that you have investments into their life and livelihood yeah. that are your obligation and you we could live here in the states and still have quote unquote our personal assistant working for us while we're here in the states depending upon our needs depending upon our absolutely and yep. it might be smart for us to do that that is something we're considering right. so payroll practices so they get paid monthly first of all um that's a little different it is a little different and employees pay up to 10 percent of their wages and social security contributions so that was something else that I learned. Is that more or less than us? I'm going to look that up. You do that. And I'm going to talk about the um, insurance, the health, the EPS, uh, health insurance contributions. It is universal health care, but it is also calculated based on an individual income, typically about 12.5% of an in- individual's income. Again, depending on on what they make. So listed here from the .gov for the U.S. is a 6.2%. Employers and employees each pay 6.2% of wages up to the taxable minimum um, 
while the self employed while the self employed pays twelve point four. Oh wow! So where they, okay, where you pay the employee mm-hmm. on the, mm-hmm. the other side. So twelve point four is the total contribution for contractor. If you're ten ninety nine. Yeah, I mean twelve point four is the total, and yeah. then it's split in half if you're an employee and your employer contributes, or if you're self employed, then you just assume got all it. Of it. We're there. I think the only thing that we didn't look up was. Um, what the contributions are employee versus employer. So is it 10% plus 10%? So 20, or is it just 10% and it's all on the employee? Yeah. I would encourage everybody to do their own research around that. Um, because again, it's different. It's, you know, it's, it could be, it's 10%, but it's it, also t- up to 10%. It's up to like, 10%. Right. It's exactly. So it's, you know, whatever you're currently making, um, similar to here, I guess. Um, and then the health insurance, again, it is 12.5% of an individual il- income that you put towards that. Um, but again, that's also calculated based on individual income. Now, the health or the employee benefits, detailed, uh, like their paid leave policies, they include annual leave, maternity, 18 weeks. We only get 12 here. They also get paternity leave. We do too um, through the Family and Medical Leave Act. Um, the U.S. gives eligible workers eligible workers up to twelve weeks of unpaid time on or after the birth or placement um, of a child. So that also includes adoption. Adoption, um, and it also applies to fathers. And most recently, uh, it's also same sex marriage as well. So. Um, Sick leave, again, 180 days, but that has to be, you know, you have to get that in writing uh, from an authority around that. You got your voting day, half a day for voting. You get a half a day for voting, five days of compassionate leave. um, You know, that voting day, I think that's so important. Like you can't, in the U.S., you constantly hear on the news, um, record turnout, but it's like 12%. Like nobody showed up, right? Why? Because there's so much requirement of having to go to work. But if you're given a half right. day, I think more people would I think if they had the time, right. I agree. Absolutely. So you get a half a day off but there. If but if you're clocking it and it's you're paid per hour, that's money out of your pocket. Say you're a mom, you have kids, you got to get them ready for school, get them off to school. You don't and get to work by eight o'clock. Right. How do you have time to run in and vote? Right. So 18 paid days um, for holidays. That's a lot. That is a lot. I think they are one of the top uh, countries in the world for holidays. So why would we hire a local Colombian, Chad? Why do we want to do this? What's our reason why? Well, there's several things. I can tell you one, some big ones for me is bridging the gap between the culture there and what we believe. And yeah. As we as we ingrain ourselves, because it's not just a light switch. And so there's going to be some things that we're going to learn directly from them. There's going to be things that we need from right. them mm-hmm. um, to make our lives easier. But also, in general, having – we've never been the type of people who have an assistant, right? We don't no. have an assistant now. We haven't had one in the past. And when I've worked for a company, I've had you know a marketing assistant that I would delegate work to. But I've never, we've never been the people that in our personal lives, we needed somebody to run our lives. But we may need somebody who helps us find or research or uh, acquire. And having somebody who's native 
is going to be super helpful for us. This language barrier. That would be really mm-hmm. awesome to have somebody. And this personal assistant can do anything for you, like help you look for thought documents. Uh, uh, oh my God. Translation, like all kinds of things. So that personal assistant for, to me is way worth um, whatever. Do- and they're usually, but you can find a personal assistant there between eight and $10 an hour. Um, Sadie is on something right now. Move the camera to show. Um, <laughs> you to need to lay down. Lay down. She's on something after it's that. It's not part. time yet. All right, let's let's. She uh, wants to eat. I can't even say that word out loud. So, but it's a contribution to the Colombian economy, um, especially when you know how many Colombians are living below the minimum wage. So this is an opportunity for us. You can also uh, go to the local university there, and you can, you know, have an intern if you will, but pay them right? You want to pay them, but you can have a student come and work for you as well so that they could be having, you know, have a part-time job while they're going to school. Um, and what, so we talked about a personal assistant for us. What else do you think we could, there's, I, th- I can see two more positions that we would want to fill while In we're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, there's, I know one that you're thinking about is having a housekeeper once a week. And that's one that we, we don't have that now, but if we alleviate it such a substantial amount of like deep cleaning and whatnot from our workload, we would be able to be more effective and do the things that we want to do. And that's the whole goal is to be able to live the lives we want to live. Yeah. But it's also contributing to their financial wealth, right? Yeah. We're paying them to do a service, right. getting to know a local Colombian, you know, they can learn things from us. We can learn thing from, things from them. But a housekeeper, they call them maids there. But a housekeeper can also cook for you. So they do more. They can do your laundry. They can do all kinds of things. Do you know how, how, how many hours a week do I spend cleaning up and doing laundry and cleaning up after Sadie and right. the different things? So, um, but it's also, and they want that. They want to be able to work. So the average housekeeper um, in 2024 makes about $2.32 an hour. So from the 2023 numbers in 2024, that's what they're making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2024. Nope, this is January so as of January 1st. Um, but we also, you can get a personal driver, yep. personal assistant, housekeepers. Um, so these are some various roles that expats might consider that if you're really wanting that lifestyle, and it's not a richer, wealthy lifestyle, but it's really what can help match or contribute to your life and making things easier for you. We want to work smarter as we got, we get older, right? Not necessarily harder. So when we talked about, and and also for the fact that we have limited Spanish. So finding somebody that can help you along that way, which your personal assistant is going to be your go-to for that. It's going to be a big one for us at the very least for our first run there. I agree. Yeah. So understand Colombian employment laws. I cannot stress this enough because you can get sued in a heartbeat by a Colombian uh, employee if you did not do things the right way. Right. Um, And then knowing the difference between a contractor and employee and Chad, you and I are really leaning towards just hiring a service to do this stuff for us. Like if you wanted to call Mary Maids, 
to come because when we started dating, you had a cleaning service coming in here once every other week. Right. Did your laundry, all of it. And then I showed up. Sorry. I offered to keep them. <laughs> you said you said no. You're second guessing that well, decision now. <laughs> well, with the Sadie hair, I still have to clean just about every day. Anyway, um, but know the termination procedures if if you needed to to let an individual go understand the minimum wage their employee benefits which is huge again colombian residents are very protected around all of this um and then cultural sensitivities respect colombian work culture union rights labor practices you know i want to highlight that one of the things that we already do in our businesses is we put a lot of trust we we vet our people and then we put a lot of trust in them. We hire them because right. we trust them. We trust them to accomplish what needs to get done. Therefore, we don't have to do a lot of micromanaging. Um, if somebody says, you know, I'm not going to be available for three days, no problem. There's still an expectation that you meet the deadline. Sure. But we've already established that early on. So most of the time, our people don't come to us with problems. They come to us with solutions mm -hmm. and saying, I'm going to be off Thursday through Saturday, but I've already completed what I needed to do. Can you review it today? Great. Right? So we we come from an approach that is um, already doing that mm -hmm. because, you know, in Colombia, somebody says, um, you know, I need this or that. We will do the same thing and have expectations of you do what you got to do as long as you get it done. And as long if that as means it gets you done. Plan ahead. Absolutely. Um, take care of what you got to take care of. Yeah, absolutely. So we are going to hire a private driver to pick us up at the airport. It is not a much, it's not a lot more than call, hiring a I'm cab. Calling the same. I'm calling it the same because it's, pretty it's much so the same. Close. It's like the difference is $28 and $30. It's so close. It's so close. It's worth it. and, but, but this is through a service and we can do it all right. on the app on our phone. Um, done and done. So when we get there and we're going to do that, you know, to get back to the airport for our first time. Right. But you would also want to consider <laughs> she is, really yeah, something going on here. So yeah, so that's that's kind of what we have for today. And next week, we're going to talk about the average Colombian work week and maybe some cultural differences and things that we need to explore and be mindful, mindful of because we are going to their country. Right. So until next time, keep expanding your horizons and living beyond the desk. Have an extraordinary day. 